Adventures in Feeding My Fam is a podcast for busy families trying to feed their families and get healthy food on the table fast and easy. I'm Andrea Heyman, and I've been a registered dietitian for over 25 years, so I know the importance of good nutrition, but I'm also a mom of three, so I understand the challenges and the humor that comes along with trying to make this happen. I'll share my tips, tricks, meal plans, menus, and more, but I'll also share the failures and the stories that come along the way. Let's have fun with this. I think the listeners are in for a real treat today. We have my friend Jill Green with us, and she is a powerhouse woman who people gravitate toward for her conversation, opinions, and companionship. She always has a lively house of guests. Well, maybe not lately, but typically a lively house full of guests and three kids and manages to fit in much in her life. Jill, thanks for being here. So excited. Thanks for having me. All right. So tell me a little bit about your background growing up, what your house was like as it relates to food, family meals, and that type of thing. Sure. So uh, I grew up in a family of wholesale grocery food, food distributor. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, great-grandfather uh, started that business, and so we're grocers, and our house was always filled with food. Uh, our basement looked like a grocery store. It, you know, we had shelves lined up with canned goods and um, we often got to test or, or taste test new products. You know, when Nabisco came out with a new cereal, um, they would send it to uh, the company and so we would get to taste it. And um, so we always had uh, a lot of food in the house and it was interesting because it wasn't always the healthiest food. Um, we had a drawer. People loved to come to our house because we had two drawers in the kitchen that you could rely on. One was filled with tasty cakes, Twinkies, crimpets, you know, like all of ring dings. And the other was filled with bags of Doritos, Cheetos, Fritos, potato chips. And this was your lunch. You know, when you went to make a lunch, it was white bread with bologna sandwich with something, and then a bag of the chip, one of the desserts, and maybe a, a, a juice or a, like a milk carton or something like that. But our meal, at mealtime, you know, we had dinner as a family every night. And that meal was, you know, my mother preparing it for the most part. Uh, and, it, you know, it, there was a protein there was, had to be a green vegetable, you know, there was a, a green and a, really an effort, I think, to be healthy and, and tasty. But the, um, and, and on Friday nights for our family, we, it was a sometimes bigger gathering. We might've had guests and it would be a traditional Jewish meal uh, and always, you know, delicious chicken and salads and things of that nature. So just a kind of a mixed bag, but food was at the center of our lives. We talked about food, you know, you were going somewhere. It was about, Oh, that restaurant that's there. And should we stop in? Um, I had forgotten that your, that your uh, grandfather was the food distributor. So that makes a lot of sense. 
And I can imagine everybody wanted wanting to go to your house all the time. Yeah. And and my, my grandmother's house, you know, she was just known for her cooking and people far and wide wanted to be invited to, to be able to sit at the table and eat her food. Um, but, and, and it was just a, it's a part of like our lives in such a, I don't know, a, a big way. It just dominated. Yeah. It sounds like food was definitely at the, the center of much of your routines. Yeah. 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 So how does your, how do things compare now in your household now? Well, you know, I was always a different eater than many in my family uh, growing up. And I carried that forward uh, somewhere, you know, I, I got into um, being healthy and, and wanting to be healthy. And I was one of the few people in my family that didn't drink soda. And, um, you know, in high school, I decided I was going to be a vegetarian, which really created some controversy. I have to tell you, people, people in were, your household or with oh, friends in, in my household, uh-huh. um, because, you know, and, well, what are we going to make for Jill? We don't, we don't know what to make for Jill. You know, she's not, what do you mean? She's not going to eat the turkey. How can the turkey's not meat? You know, it was, this is in 1980 something, right? Right. right. <laughs> So yeah, veggie, you were you were pretty um, ahead of the curve back then to declare yourself as a vegetarian. It, it was not easy, <laughs> and you know, sort of went in and out of that vegetarianism uh, as a young adult. And then um, when we had kids, you know, really uh, we were living in Maine and made this commitment to. I think just when I got pregnant, just what am I taking into my body? How is that? going to impact the baby that I'm growing in my body. And then when, when he was born and we, I would say food is a huge, I think I'm still obsessed with food (laughs) and I think I've passed that on to, to my kids in some way. And, you know, our household, yes, there's some junk food now, but when we started, I was so worried and controlling all the food that, that came into the house and, I made my own baby food, you know, I was uh, nursing uh, and had just some real rigid approaches to the food that that my kids were eating sometimes. And I remember my firstborn's first birthday, Jacob's first birthday, I made a homemade carrot cake with, you know, like a buttercream icing. And everybody was saying, you know, enjoy this little guy because it's the only sugar you're ever going to get, you know, there was <laughs> of making fun of that, but, you know, kind of mellowed out uh, along the way, but wanted that my kids to have good eating habits and wanted them to uh, appreciate food, uh, the flavors of foods, but to um, have a good positive relationship with it and kind of recognize that being too over the top wasn't, wasn't going to work. And early, early, I started to involve them in cooking. And, you know, trying to come up with, you know, what do we want to make for dinner? What, you know, what should we have for this meal? And what do you think about this? Or what, what's missing on your plate? You know, how many colors do we have? And that kind of thing. And that, you know, different kids have different personalities. They've taken it uh, in different directions. But I think they all have a real firm grounding in what is healthy. They know when they're making a choice that's not and that, that moderation in that space is, is okay, which is right, great. Right. 
but they all love food. Right. And you have really still been experiencing that. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, I never heard you talk about yourself that way that you felt like you were really more controlling when the kids were younger. Do you think it was that first birthday party that was the turning point or was it more of a gradual shift? I think it was gradual. And I think, you know, with your firstborn, you're really, Oh yes. <laughs> it, it was everything trying to yeah. control it. Oh and yes. With, right the tv show right he watched no tv we curated everything that came into his life right <laughs> it's true and and then they you get a little older and they're exposed to other things you realize you know what i can't i can't just protect and if i limit them in that way they won't know how to navigate when these other options are put in front of them and i think that just started to hit me as as Jacob got a little older and as we had the second and you know seeing other mothers and see myself in that and oh gosh is that is that what I'm doing <laughs> no. I hear you and um you know and being more uh, I think maturing and developing in that way um and and I think having more balance in my own life more moderation in my own life and with myself being kinder to myself in, in that way. So it was sort of an evolution and kind of as your parenting, let's say your parenting skills overall probably evolved. It really carried over to how you parented around food, I guess we could say. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you, you really bring up a lot of things that are important to me and that I like to talk about too. So First of all, how like it, it seems like it brings you a lot of pride that your kids are adventurous eaters, but also understand the importance of balancing foods um, and that healthy food is really nourishing for them. I am. I, like, I love it. I remember recently we were somewhere and uh, someone was serving some things to, to uh, our family and another family and my daughter. You know, Allie uh, sort of whispered to me, she said, I'm so glad that you feed us healthy food because what was being served was really not something else, right? Something else. And I, you know, she has fought me. I mean, I can't tell you, why are you buying things from Whole Foods? Why can't we get this thing? And what, and here she was, you know, uh, acknowledging the effort and the love, right? Because it, it really is like about loving yeah. them and right. wanting them to be healthy. I remember once my mom saying to my kids, or she probably said it more than once, but I remember once that they really paid attention. And my mom said, you know, not every house do you get home cooked meals pretty much every night of the week. And they were kind of like, really? They just, that's their norm and that's what they expect. But I think as they've gone, gotten older and spent more time at friends' houses, they see that, that our habits are not the same as everyone else's habits. So true. Yeah. All right. So I love that you get your kids planning meals. What are their go-to requests? Like if you ask them right now, what would they probably ask for? 
Oh, okay. So <clears throat> Jacob it would be complex, I'm sure. And he would say, I don't know, what am I really in the mood for? And he would go on this whole riff because he is my foodie of the kids. It's like he, right. he's too, you know, so he'll, um, what did we make recently? We ended up making, he wanted like a, a Mediterranean themed meal. And we did, you know, a pasta with this like olive and butter sauce. And then we made, um, like a caprese salad. Like he likes the fresh. He's going to want basil in it for sure. <clears throat> Allie uh, will want um, uh, salmon with potatoes. Every time. <laughs> Joshua wants my homemade macaroni and cheese. Ah, yes. Yes. Or, or chicken. Chicken, like chicken bag chicken. Chicken bag chicken. Tell, tell the listeners what chicken bag chicken is. Chicken bag chicken is everybody's favorite, quite frankly. Everyone's favorite. I say, what do you want for Friday night dinner? It's chicken bag. So chicken bag is a whole chicken smothered, smothered so you cannot see any of the chicken and paprika, then sprinkled with some garlic powder, put into a Trader Joe's paper bag. Now It has to be Trader Joe's? has to be Trader Joe's. <laughs> the whole Foods. Don't use Trader Joe's paper bag. There's something about the weight of it or the chemicals that are on it. Because I, right. I have to tell you, I was nervous about that. I'm like, what chemicals are leaching into the, the chicken? <laughs> and you roll it in there and you put it in an aluminum pan or, you know, a, a roasting pan in the oven on 425 for one hour and 30 minutes. It is perfect every time. You have taught me about chicken in the bag, and I have to say it's been a while since I've made it, but there is literally nothing easier that is 100% foolproof. It, it's so good, except that I was away recently, and my husband, Dan, you know, went to make it. He caught the oven on fire. We did that once. So that has never happened. I mean, I've been making this for 10 years. It was our oven. Something was wrong with the oven. But I, oh, I, oh. I was blaming him when I was like, what do you mean you caught it on fire? What did you do? We're like, <laughs> So we caught it on fire once when we didn't tuck the bag, the opening of the bag underneath the chicken and tuck it under there firmly and kind of the ends of the, maybe the ends of the Trader Joe's handle yeah. caught a touch something or whatever. Yeah, we had some ashes in there. It was not so good. So you guys have a really busy household with three kids and two parents with careers. How do you guys divvy up the responsibilities between grocery shopping, meal planning, food prep? That has also evolved. Um, I would say that the majority of it still uh, rests with me. And um, I think because I think about it the most. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Uh, um, you know, I'm like planning meals, you know, two weeks in advance. Uh, but the as the kids have gotten older, we have tried to share that and we had assigned evenings. So especially um, before COVID, I would say we were, um, you, you know, on any given week, my Dan or I might not be getting home in time to make dinner. And so the kids had an assigned night. So like, you know, Monday was Joshua, Tuesday was Jacob, Wednesday was Allie, you know, Thursday was Dan, Friday was, was me. And 
um, the kids, you know, their meals, we'd have to keep, you know, the frozen chicken nuggets and some, you know, easy like tortellinis and things like that, uh, pasta, that's often what they would end up making. Um, but it's been a challenge to engage everyone in actually planning, you know, thinking ahead. I have the exact same problem. Sorry for interrupting. No, yes. I, it, it is. And, and yet they'll say, well, why don't we plan the, or why didn't you get this? And I say, well, you know, on Sunday when I'm walking around the house saying, okay, what do you guys want this week for dinner? I'm going to the grocery store. What are you thinking? You know, but, and um, so it, in the COVID, in the COVID, you know, I've turned to this Instacart thing, which I'm loving. I haven't, I haven't flipped over to that so much. I need mean, to. Easier than like the, like I tried to do Peapod at one point. It's like, I, I can't do this. This is just easy. And I, I find that there, I'm able to engage them because I can go around and say, okay, I'm getting ready to, to place this order. I'm thinking about this for the next two meals. What do you think? And then they're giving me feedback. Jacob um, has taken an active role. He loves to cook. And so he's now saying, can you get these five things because I want to make this? And I say, oh, well, why don't we do that for the whole family? Or, you know, And so there's a lot more engagement from him. Um, Dan is more last minute, right? So if it was his night to cook and I was out, instead of telling me in advance what to have gotten for the week or actually looking in the freezer to see what we have that might be made, right? He is swinging by a grocery on his way home, grabbing stuff to throw on the grill. Right. It's kind of the impromptu last minute. Right. Yeah, we've got some similar things going on as well. I can absolutely rely on Gabe, my 16-year-old, to cook a couple nights a week. And he is really good about it. He's very creative and everything he makes is like, he is the best cook in the house for sure at this point in time, but he doesn't plan it out. <laughs> it drives me nuts. So, you know, I only like to get groceries once a week, especially in the COVID. You don't really want to be hopping out to the grocery store so much. And it's a pain. Um, so I'll ask him, he doesn't do it. He doesn't give me ideas. So I'll, I will make a plan and then say, okay, it's Monday night. Can you make black bean burgers and salad? And I'll give him a recipe and he'll say, eh, I can do it better than that. And he will. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Lana lately, it's like she sees something on TikTok. And says, oh, I want to make this. But it's more like the last minute thing. Like she wants to make it and she will make it. But we don't have the ingredients for that at that point in time. So, yeah, I think it, this COVID situation has really changed everything. Because before it would be, I would shop and say, okay, here's what I bought for the week. This is what you could do on your nights, you know, and they're gone. And they had to deal. But now it as soon as it, it, it shifted, it, there was this almost this unspoken expectation that I was just going to be making dinner every night. Like the whole schedule right. went out the door. And I had to like rein everybody back in to say, I, 
I can't do this every night. Like somebody else has to take some responsibility. So now we're, we're splitting that up more, but we've been having this whole, we were calling it COVID cooking with Jacob. He and I coming up with, you know, we, we tried something, we did, um, homemade Chinese dumplings, like made the dumpling dough ourselves. We did homemade from scratch, uh, ravioli. We, uh, he has been making sourdough bread. That is Amazing. Absolutely delicious. Like out of this world. And it's like a crazy process. Yeah. So he has the patience to, to do that kind of baking stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm a cook, I cook, right. I throw things together. Right, right. I, to experiment, but you can't really do that with baking. He can follow and measure and he gets really, you know, scientific about the, the growing the yeast and it's very fun. So I know you guys have done a fair amount of traveling. Have you picked up other cuisines and, you know, cooking styles from different regions? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when Dan and I did our year of traveling, um, he was writing as a travel writer and you know, I was leaving the law for the year to go do this trip. And people would say, you know, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> and boy, did I eat. Um, you know, we were all over Southeast Asia, the flavors there, the freshness, and the, it was so different, right, than anything mm-hmm. here. And so for sure, you know, bringing in... Um, you know, cilantro and um, the gingers and the lemongrass and, and things like that. Um, I, I never would have experimented with by myself, I don't think. And but going and, and eating the foods there. Um, so bringing a lot of Asia with us back, mm-hmm. definitely. And the kids, we exposed them to that very early on. They love Vietnamese food. They love uh, Thai food and, and, and Japanese food. Um, the taste, like the Indian food, I don't, I don't make it often, but you don't. Okay. I, I bring in some of the spice, like I, I wouldn't make a dish that someone would call Indian per se, but I bring in the like curry flavors into other places because I love the flavor. So like when I make cauliflower roasted, I often do it with curry powder on it. And people are like, what is, I'm like, it's curry. And yes. And it's, there are people that will say, I don't like curry. I'm like, well, you just ate it and you loved it. <laughs> right. Right. And I would say the other one is Moroccan. We ah. loved Morocco. Were you in Morocco? Too. We went, we okay. did our honeymoon in Morocco and we just loved the food. I mean, one of my favorite um, chicken dishes that I, you know, sort of made up, but it's sort of based on a tagine. And I just do, you know, the chicken and there's cumin. Wait, what is, what is it? Tajin. What's the word? Yeah. What's that? Tajin. So tajines are these, um, it's a, it's a pottery that's shaped like a, a top with a bowl. I know and, what you mean. Yeah. And so they cook it in that. And so oh. it keeps all the flavors and everything in it. And so often it will have like preserved lemon and olive, chicken, carrots, and they'll serve it on, on couscous. Um, but those, that, those flavors, I just love. And so I'll make a chicken, you know, put it in. I put um, tomato, mushroom, and olives. And then I do the cumin, spike, mm-hmm. you know, all peppers, and maybe garlic, onion. And it's, it's one of my 
go-to absolute favorite yummy dishes, but it's, it's sort of a riff on a tagine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm listening to you talk and I'm realizing probably a very small percentage of the time you're actually following a recipe. Correct. Is that true? Yeah. Very true. Yeah. So it's almost like you start out with a concept or might read about a concept or tried something somewhere and then you make your own Jill version. Yes, that's exactly. And I love, like, I love to find a recipe and then just try to figure it out, like do it myself. Like I'm not actually following, you know, uh, to a T. Like when I am going to have a dinner party, which, you know, used to be every week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the weekend before I'm in bed, you know, one of the nights with my cookbooks or my, or, you know, like my food and wine magazine or something. And I'm like, okay, that looks kind of yummy. And I'm putting together a menu and, you know, I love it. I love that whole planning process of it. But I think when work got so busy and things were, I, it started to be more of a chore mm-hmm. and I wasn't enjoying it in the same way, but I'm, I'm kind of back mm-hmm. to that. I, I will tell you this. Thank like, goodness. Good um, we've been getting food and wine and, you know, I was looking at it this morning and saw this beautiful, um, like a take on a cob salad, but the chicken, it was like chicken thighs with cumin on it and some avocado and just like beautifully done. It's like, this, this, I need to make this. So this is happening. Yeah. I ordered, and then I got on Instacart and I got all the ingredients and they got delivered to my house. Yay. I'm going to make it for dinner tomorrow night. That's fantastic. So you mentioned your weekly dinner parties and it's definitely true. Um, you are really famous for bringing people together and having fantastic gatherings. Um, have you modified those? Are you really not having much company lately? How's yeah. it feeling for you? It's hard. We are not having company. Um, we, you know, we've had my in-laws, uh, but in, but socially distant. And so it's hard to really um, create a, like a feeling of mealtime, you know, you know, where we really can, can be together fully. Um, but we've, we've tried and, you know, we've done it outside and we've had some beautiful meals together. Um, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't quite feel the same. What's, what has changed though also is the kids are older and have that better appreciation for food. Mm-hmm. And so just cooking for them, like I can be more creative. It's, they don't, it's not, I'm making this like beautiful meal for all the adults and on the side, I'm you know, the kids have something right. that's a little plainer or right. Even though I tried never, I didn't want to be that person. Like I really right. tried to say like, this is what's for dinner and you're going to have to try it. Um, it, it. You know, it's challenging and they have appreciated it. And so we have had some really fun, I mean, even for Passover Seder, which of course was happened virtually. I was like, I'm making everything. You did. I made all the things that I would normally make. Wow. And we had a lot of leftover food. <laughs> I bet you did. I mean, I tried not to do it in, in such huge quantities, but I'm like, I, I want the gefilte fish thing that I usually make. Yes. I want 
the three salads that I always make for the first Seder, you know? Yeah. So there's tradition there. Yeah. And if you hadn't have done it, your kids would have noticed probably. Yeah. They would have said, where's the such and such a salad. They, they do notice. And I think it's like when you go the extra effort, it's hard, but everybody appreciates it. And I feel like back then, back, um, that would have been back in April. That was when we were still, um, we still hadn't adjusted to the new normal. And I feel like you gave them a piece of stability and something to rely on by giving them that regular traditional meal, even though it was probably quite an effort for you. Thank you. You know, that it meant a lot to do that. The meal and the whole state, you know, because they were like, well, why, why are we doing this? I'm like, because we're doing it. Yeah. And we've been having Shabbat in the dining room with just us. And we we're even bringing out the China. That's great. It's because we're like, well, what we should do this. This, this is what we do. We're important. So now we're not so much, <laughs> but we wouldn't have normally in the summer, right? The we summer. Would, we'd be eating at the pool. Right. Right. So what leftovers do you have in your refrigerator right now? Right at the moment, I think we have a very little bit of salmon left that was made earlier in the week that I've had for lunch with salad every day. <laughs> There's also, there's some leftover, um, one of the dishes that we made it for our Mediterranean night is a dish that Dan learned when he was in Italy, right after college, where you take um, cherry tomatoes and you cut them in half and you put that, drown them in olive oil with chunks of garlic and a lot of basil and you roast it until the tomatoes just break down and you have this oil with all these tomatoes. And then you drain it. So sort of just the tomatoes, but you leave a little bit of the oil and some of the other stuff and you toss that on pasta. And we also save the oil because then it has like this. Ah, it's infused. Yeah. yeah. And that sounds phenomenal. So when Jacob and I were making it, um, Dan was actually, wasn't here, um, but we made it. And instead of putting it on pasta, because we had the olive butter sauce that we were doing on the pasta, it was like olive butter, parsley, and lemon. It was so delicious. Mm. Uh, on like the thick, the far, not the farfalle, the, what are the thick noodles? I don't remember what they're called. Pap- Pepperadelli? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead we, we had bread, uh, some atta- like a, a ciabatta or something that we did, we're dipping into the tomato with the garlic. Oh, it was so Actually, when you were describing it, I thought you were going to say that this was a topping for bread or like a, a spread. Yeah. Sounds really divine, it delightful. And then Jacob, you know what would be so good? Because we were making the caprese salad. It's like, well, why wouldn't, why don't you ever cook the tomatoes when you put them on there? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Why don't we? So we took those tomatoes with the basil and garlic and put it on the fresh mozzarella it's delicious. Oh yeah. I bet that was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have definitely passed on the foodiness oh, to okay. your son. It's a good thing. It is. That's a good thing. Great. All right. So what are you making tomorrow? Tell me, remind me, you said you were making 
something. I think it was, they called it a tropical Cobb salad, but it's, you know, uh, greens. And I, I got some microgreens because I wanted to do something like butter lettuce and microgreens and chicken thighs kind of chopped up, cooked uh, with um, like cumin and, and um, probably lemon. I don't even know what the, what the recipe says, but that's what it looks like to me. <laughs> and then red onion, avocado, mango in a salad. And I was going to do, um, do that for the main dish, have a, um, this quinoa, this red quinoa salad that they make because Allie is now pescatarian. She has declared herself pescatarian. So she won't eat the chicken. So I'll, she loves this, you know, the red quinoa and I do avocado, tomato and cilantro as like a salad with the red quinoa delicious. But I use like soy sauce, like a tamari soy, and she she loves it. So we'll do that. And probably a piece of fish for her. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what. And uh, we'll have challah. And I think that'll just be like a light meal. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Nice. Well, I thank you for coming on. You have a lot of... I know that the listeners will just hear your enthusiasm about food and you provided some really good ideas too. And I can't wait for the time that you can have company again. I wish that for you. Thank you. Well, you'll be the first one I invite. I will never say no to that. (laughs) Thanks, Jill. Have a good night. you. You too. Bye. Don't you just love Jill? You can totally tell that she is a food lover and appreciates all flavors and cuisines. I love that she gave us some really good ideas of food preparation and it made me hungry just listening to her. Jill also has a great method of getting kids involved at all ages and all levels of interest. So I welcome you all to come find me on Instagram at Adventures in Feeding My Fam, or on my Facebook group page of the same name. Mondays, they feature a recipe of the week, and each of my family members rates the dish, so you can see what our favorites are and what our less favorite dishes are. I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you joining us for the podcast. We'll see you next time.